Let me ask you, um, there's six people standing around a basket. Wait, there's six people standing around a basket? Like a laundry basket or a basketball hoop? Just like a, like a basket, like a laundry basket. Why? I'm just I'm asking you a question. Is the question why they're standing no, around no, a no. basket? No, no, comma. comma. Six people standing around a basket. There's six eggs in the basket. Wait, semicolon, not comma. There's six so, people standing around a basket. Period. Okay. There's six eggs. Or exclamation, maybe, because that's a that's a six people standing around it's, a basket. There's six eggs in the basket. Is this basket at Ellis Island. There's six eggs in the basket. Okay. Each person collects one of the eggs. At the end, there's one egg left. Wow. How did that happen? Okay. Say it again. Six people standing around a basket. Six people stand. Six people standing around the basket. Mm-hmm. There's six eggs in the basket. Six eggs in the basket. Each person collects one egg. Each person collects one egg. There's one egg left in the basket at the end. There's one egg left in the basket at the end. Well, how did that happen? If if all six people collected one egg? You know, I love riddles, partly because I'm so bad at them. I've never solved a riddle in my life. Is this a riddle? This is like a math problem. Oh, really? It's a math problem? Or it's like a, uh, well, you know, the math of it is, well, you tell me. I have no, okay, so. Um, um, pretend I'm trying to hire you for a job. Yeah, this is one of <laughs> this those is a hiring questions, question. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Say it one more time. I mean, I, obviously, okay. I'm not going to get hired if I need the question repeated to me three times. Now now that you realize the seriousness of this question, whether you're going to be hired by <laughs> me or not, uh, I'm hiring for host, co-host of Question <laughs> of the Day. <laughs> okay. there's, there's six people standing around a basket. The basket has six eggs. Each person collects an egg. And there's one egg left in the basket at the end. How did this happen? Uh, did anyone put their egg back in the basket? Nope. You can't, there's no more information. Sheesh. Well, if you're going to be that kind of boss. I don't want to work for you. Um, I, I appreciate the okay. asking of questions, uh, but the, I gave you enough information to solve the this. The last already. person to go just picked up the basket. You know what? With you, the egg in it. Yeah, you you basically got it. That's, oh, so that's, that's not the that answer. hard. No, but you. That's like the one with like. Okay, the, let me tell you honestly. I did not figure this out when I was reading this question so you are can i more tell you like, something james you're more likely to get higher than me can i tell you something james yeah i cheated i looked it up while you were talking uh, to me. <laughs> how did you Sorry. do that you go, you're the uh, speed I am a, googler no, i'm what they call the crafty googler do you see me i was looking at you like that i was typing oh my gosh i would so have look, never got i would have never gotten that i was thinking about like did the eggs did the egg give birth to an egg actually here's my first thought my first thought was one of the was one of the people named egg that's, so I would not have gotten hired. I don't. I just. But that's a crafty little con you had going on there. I <laughs> fell for it. I just couldn't let it go on. But long let me let me ask this: Do you think these questions are useful when hiring people? I do. I do. Um, really? You know, the reason I don't like them personally, if I'm, I don't hire many people, but occasionally I do, and I don't like this kind of question because it inherently feels like you know it's a little too closed ended. It's a little too right and wrong for me, and therefore you feel like people are going to feel bad. And my biggest concern is that if someone feels bad that I give them a question they can't answer or that they get wrong, and then I still want to hire them, they're going to continue thinking I'm a jerk for giving them that kind of question. But I do like questions that are not, I mean, I like fairly atypical interview questions, I guess. Like what? Um, Well, 
maybe maybe these are not so atypical because I don't really study the science of HR very much. But like one of my favorite questions to ask someone if I'm interviewing them for some Freakonomics-related stuff is just, you know, tell me like your least favorite episode of Freakonomics you've ever heard or your least favorite something we've ever written and tell me why you didn't like it and what you do about it differently. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's not, maybe that's not so atypical, but that's actually useful no, to I, me. No, I like that. I, I, I wouldn't think to ask that. And it's useful to me for a couple reasons. One is it sees how good a communicator someone is. Two is it shows what they're what they think about. Three is it shows their level of familiarity. But fourth, it shows how willing and able they are to say to you, the presumptive boss, that I'm I don't have to act as if you're fallible. Because that's a big you don't want to surround yourself with people who think that, you know, because you're in charge and you're always right and you always, you know, do great work. You know, it's interesting. I wouldn't necessarily think to ask that, but it does show good analytical skills and also uh kind of helps you, even if you don't hire the person, it kind of helps you mm-hmm. to know where someone who's very serious about impressing you is might be critical. I also really like asking, you know, either basic or m- maybe slightly more advanced, just n- questions about, that involve numeracy. Because I'm always amazed at how innumerate many people can be. What do you mean? You know, uh, what's the population of Canada? Mm. I don't know. I would say 80 million. Yeah, it's not a bad guess. I think it's more like 30 million. So, so you're I'm, off by I'm only 50 million people. Yeah, but you know, uh, some people, uh, it is remarkable. No, ask people about the length of the night, you know, just anything that's got, anything that's a, a readily available. Uh, I'm going to do, do the Sly Google. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't so Sly because I just announced it. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on the 30 million. I think Canada's about 30, and I think the UK is maybe 65 million, but like, you know. 35 million. All right. Yeah. So, but I mean, I like to know kind of people's baseline numeracy because, like, yeah, I was actually thinking about doing an episode of Freakonomics at some point about the number of billion because, like— I like that. I think that many people have no conception. I shouldn't say many people. I, I don't really know. I want to know how many people have no conception of, like, the difference between, for instance, a million and a billion, the difference between a thousand and a billion, what a billion what, what dollars really is. What do you mean? Really like, wh- why would somebody not know the difference? Like, in what way would someone um, show you that they didn't know the difference between a million and a billion? You know, that is a purely numerical expression of uh, a relation. Let's say a billion to a million is a purely numerical expression of a, a whatever, a ratio or a relationship between two things, let's say, right? So sometimes in journalism, it's why so much journalism is so hyperbolic. They'll say, that will never happen. I've never seen anything like this before. So it's interesting. I'm pretty interested in the uh, in soccer, as you know, and the team. Do you know about Leicester City winning the Premier League this year? So no. They're, they're a team. They were a lower-level team until just last year. They've been around 123 or whatever years, uh, but they've never won. They've, they've barely been in the top league. There are several tiers of leagues in England. And this year they won it, and the odds that they went off at the beginning of the season were 5,000 to 1. So if you bet 20 dollars or pounds at the beginning of the season on Leicester, you would have won 100,000 pounds. So when you start to ask people how they understand the unlikeliness of that, you find there's a huge variance. First of all, 5,001 is a bit of an artificial number. That's something that the bookies set in order to entice enough bets on that proposition, right? But I feel that many of us, including myself often, just don't have a good grasp on magnitude and relative magnitude. You know, if you ask people how much more or less blank is the United States than a country like Russia, you know, in terms of whatever it is, corruption, poverty, literacy rate, whatever it is, 
it's shocking how bad so many of us are, again, including me sometimes, at having a good sense of magnitude. So that's why I like but that how kind would you, of question. How would you, let's say, question this in a hiring situation? Um, well, like I said, I would ask for some, you know, top-of-the-head examples. How many murders do you think there are in the U.S. versus suicides versus car crashes? Mm. So that's a good. All right, so l- answer me that one. Those are basic. Boy, I would not get hired by you, so. Well, I don't know. Let's see. Take your time. Think about it. How many murders, how many uh, suicides, and how many car crashes? I would say murders and suicides probably equal. Okay. And I would say uh, car crashes probably would that involve death? Like, oh, uh, sorry, sorry, I don't mean car crashes. I mean fatalities in car crashes. Yeah, yeah, maybe fifty. There's a million worldwide, so about fifty thousand in the U.S. Okay, so I think the, that's a re- U.S. is five percent of the world's population. Okay, so James, those are not terrible guesses. Well, they're kind of terrible. Tell me how. Well, they're not terrible. Okay, so you said murder and suicide about equal. And in fact, suicides are about two and a half times more likely than murders, including the fact, plus which, a lot of suicides are probably undercounted. You know, you know why? Although, in your defense— tell, tell me the number. Tell me the actual numbers. About 44,000 suicides per year in recent times, which have been rising a lot, by the way. Okay, so 44,000 out of 300 million people. So we're talking about— one-tenth of one-tenth of one percent. Okay, so you make an interesting point. So if you want to argue on absolute terms, you could say, well, you know, it wasn't that much larger share of the population that died by suicide than murder, but, but we're all about the relative. Ugh, is this another QOD, Stephen, where we don't even have an answer? Let's just think it over for a second, and then we'll be right back. Today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm, which by now you know is an awesome comedy network likened to being the Netflix for podcasts, brought to you by the same people that bring you all your favorite Earwolf shows, including this one, Question of the Day. With Howl Premium, you get exclusive access to a brand new Howl original miniseries called Dead Presidents. In this new show, Daniel O'Brien from Crack.com sets out to solve one of the greatest mysteries of our time figuring out why certain American presidents appear on our cash. From the humble first president, George Washington, on the $1 bill, to the controversial Andrew Jackson on the 20 for now, the stories behind the presidents on your money are way more surprising and way crazier than your high school history teacher ever could have imagined. With Howell Premium, you also get exclusive access to more than 120 hours of new Howell original miniseries and audio documentaries, like The Complete Woman, Finding the Funny with the Sklar Brothers, and Fruit. You also gain access to more than 90 comedy albums, all the archives from WTF with Mark Maron, and every episode of every Earwolf show, such as Comedy Bang Bang and How Did This Get Made. Get access to all this exclusive content on your iPhone, your Android phone, and on the web for only $4.99 a month. And with the promo code QOD, as in question of the day, you get a full month of free trial. To redeem your promo code, make sure you create your account on the web at howl.fm and enter code QOD at checkout. That's howl, H-O-W-L dot F-M. Use the promo code QOD for a one-month free trial of Howl Premium. We were talking on an earlier episode that we did about Alzheimer's disease and the genetic testing. So I and many people, because of the genes... I was bored with. I have double the possibility of early onset Alzheimer's as opposed to if I didn't have the gene. Right. But now, the does that odds, sound like a lot to you or no? 
Well, when you say double, it sounds depends scary. What the baseline, well, it depends what the baseline is. But it, like the, when you look at the absolute numbers, it's, we're talking 7 billion people and microscopic percent gets, you know, early onset Alzheimer's. So it's not a big deal. Fair enough. And that's how they scare people to get the um, the spinal testing with, um, you know, pregnant women. They always get them to get the that test. Um, they say, oh, you have double the risk of X, Y, Z. There's always some disease they find that's obscure that you have double the risk of because they want you to have the full test. The, the odds are still insignificant, even if they're double. That may be so in this case, but I would still not hire you. Because if you <laughs> see, if you make the argument that, okay, murders are about 13, 14,000 a year in the U.S. Also, you can be excused a little bit by thinking that murder and suicide are about the same because 30 years ago, murders were much more prominent. I mean, it's fallen by more than half, which is an amazing story. And suicides have continued to rise in the U.S. So if, if we were talking 25, 30 years ago, you'd be like really on the money. I think you should totally hire me based on what I said because if you're making a decision about how to analyze a customer and you're looking at two customer groups that have insignificant odds of appearing in your customer set, you should almost treat them the same given that the odds are insignificant of, of approaching that customer. I appreciate that nuance, but if you want to tell me that a rate of two and a half, that, that, that something that's two and a half times more likely to occur is not significant because of the law of large numbers, I'm going to say that I raise your law of large numbers, the law, <laughs> the law of probability. You would be correct if this is a, a, a rate that is continuing exponentially, like if five years from now, murders are cut in half again and suicides are double again. But if it just kind of stays here... I disagree. If we're trying to acquire telecom customers or podcast customers... Or, yeah, I would never think to market to either group. Or, <laughs> or applesauce customers... And I have one methodology that will result in a likelihood that's two and a half times the other, two and a half times. Two and a half times of 100% as opposed to two and a half times of 0.001%. So, so what, you only want to worry about it when it gets to what threshold then? There's expression, is it, does it move the needle? So if I have a, a, a business that makes a million in revenues and you tell me I'm going to make another million, well, that's great. That moved the needle. I'm going to grow 100% in revenues. But if I had a, a business that made 10 billion in revenues and you gave me an idea that I would make a million, doesn't move the needle. I'm not really interested. Okay, but if I would say to you back to this case, murders and homicides, and I can say there are roughly, let's say, 14,000 homicides, about which... You, and you could argue, what can you do about those? So there's a lot of data. You can look at it. You can isolate you know, all these different factors, realize that most homicides are committed by people who know each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I look at the, the suicides, which are two and a half times more likely. So by your logic, I would say, well, you know, it's not that different. Right. And so therefore, let's just not worry about it. Where I would say two and a half times more suicides and homicides, we spend so many resources and so much of our public media uh, concerned with homicide and crime, violent crime, and yet suicide, which is two and a half times more likely, we we don't talk about very right. much. So I could say, well, wait a minute, that's uh, a choice, right? Maybe it's just a choice that people are making and we should let them take it, make it. But I would tend to say that two and a half times more likely, even though the baseline rate is very low, gets your attention. Right. So if you were going to hire me for the specific job of making a policy decision about murder and suicide, like which, how much should we budget? Right, you wouldn't to, be good for that. I would not be good for that because I don't care. Additionally, if I hired you, I might be tempted to kill you. <laughs> exactly. What if you were going to hire me to, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know, create a public school system or something? Then, then my awareness of how many 
suicides, uh, other than suicides on a campus or whatever, would have no. My my my. The way I've analyzed this is the correct way to analyze it. Now, car crashes. Your guess was pretty good. You guessed fifty. Um, yes. Yeah, um, and I think the actual number is in the neighborhood of 30, 30,000, somewhere in there. I mean, that's been kind of the trend lately. So it's not far off for a country of 320 million, whatever. Wait, so here you would appreciate uh, my analysis. So I know there's a million car crashes a year. U.S. is 5% of the world's population. So I took 5%, 50,000. I should have taken into account the fact that the U.S. probably has more safety laws than, let's say, third world countries. So we require the seatbelt, we require the airbag, we have we actually require the what's it called when you have the strap over your chest, shoulder. Strap. Yeah, not every country requires that. Right. So I could have probably adjusted a little bit lower. I didn't, so you could fault me for that. So that's how I would analyze my answer. So I would say that that's a terrible analysis and it's lucky that you got so close as you did and it's terrible because you are right now to try to squiggle out of your estimate by saying that um we have a lot more safety, but we have we're so much safer than many of the countries where. So the key, again, and this is why it's about, to me, uh, the relationship between things which you measure by rate. So the the key metric, I believe, would be fatalities per million miles traveled. And that's because that's what you want to know, right? It's not about, well, 5% of the population because what if we all drive better, all drive worse, all drive in less safe cars and so on? It's going to be the same thing because the U.S., Assume the extra emphasis on safety yep. is across the board, whether it's their laws or how they treat their roads or whatever, then I should have discounted, I should have done the same analysis to get to the 50,000, but I, but what I didn't do when I should have was discounted based on the fact that I know the U.S. is more safety-minded than other countries. Right, but then if you'd kept going, you would have said, well, wait a minute, but we drive a lot more. No, because I'm, I'm dealing Why with not? percentages. Oh, you're saying some countries don't have cars at all or don't really have drivers no, at all. No, but I mean the amount of miles driven per year by every American is very, 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 very different than the amount of miles driven by the average blank from many, many other different countries. So if your basic metric is, well, five U.S. has roughly 5% of the population, I'll take a million, I'll divide it by 20, boom, that's why it's, a, it, to, in my mind, a yes. purely lucky guess. No. Because we drive Be a lot more, but... But I was, we're a lot safer at the same time. I know we're first world, and almost all of the million deaths are going to come from countries who, by almost by definition, who drive a lot. So we're probably— What makes you say that? Well, I, I that is an assumption. That's my assumption, my starting assumption. Because if a country never drives, well, not, there's then a big they're not going to have— a, never they're, they're and gonna, a lot, They're going to have car deaths. They're but not there's a difference between never and a lot. It's like, look at it this way. You have to drive one mile right now. And you live in one place like the United States where you're going out to, onto a road that's a kind of four-lane highway with good lights and guardrails and blah, blah, blah. Then you have to drive another mile on some road in blank country, which is muddy and rutted, and the car is probably 30 years old and doesn't have seatbelts and so on. The difference in that is not like it's a little more dangerous over the course of time. It's a lot, 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 lot. And therefore, I'm not going to hire you. I'm also not going to let you be my driver. We've received word that there are still questions at large. Find out which one we're taking down next time right after this. Hey, quick, don't turn the podcast off. I know you probably left it on by accident, but I'm Arnie Niekamp from Hello from the Magic Tavern. This is what's going on. About a year ago, I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King into the fantastical land of Foon. 
I'm joined by my co-host, a talking badger. Mmm, please. And a magical wizard. I am Usador, blue wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius. His name goes on a lot longer than that, but oh, we don't have so time for names. it. We interview adventurers, magical creatures, talking animals, and we talk about buttholes a lot. I apologize <laughs> for that. If that sounds interesting, download Hello from the Magic Tavern. Aye, uh, and then you can join me in my quest to defeat the Dark Lord. Correct, Donald? Correct. Download it on Earwolf, and the entire back catalog is also on the Howl app. Next time on Question of the Day, how do I enjoy art events? Keyword probably being enjoy. So I have a, I've thought about this for many years with my kids. Because we are the kind of family that drags our kids. Wait, it's how to enjoy it for yourself, or how do you enjoy it when you're with kids? Uh, Answer it either way. Because I'll enjoy a cultural exhibition that's really about something I'm interested in personally. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to overlap ever with my kids' interests. Question of the Day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry. 